Okay, it's good to see y'all. It's good to see y'all. Welcome to your Legacy City Church family gathering. Yes, man, we are almost at Thanksgiving time. Hope you guys are getting ready for turkey dinners. Winter, winter turkey dinner. It's coming. I can't wait. I love me some turkey. All right. So, hey, guys, welcome. We're going to make a quick announcement. Uh, Most of you already know about this, but starting this Wednesday night, we are going to begin our 10 sessions of Foundations of Honor. It's a really important subject in this house. Uh, Not just a subject. It is a subject, but it's it's actually a church cultural value that we embrace and we want to see flourish in this church in our family relationship together. So we will learn all about what honor really is from, from the kingdom perspective. It's going to be good, just in case you weren't sure what the class might, might entail. If you want a little bit to whet your appetite for it, here's a little promo video. Thank Hello, you. and welcome to Foundations of Honor. Oh my goodness. For years. I don't know what happened there, but that was uh, a combination of worship and the promo video. So we're not ready to jump into worship yet. So I'm going to check something. I double stacked it. Give me five seconds. I really want to show you guys the promo video. Hello. <laughs> Yes, that book, The Culture of Honor. It's still free on Amazon on Kindle. What? Oh, I sent that to the study the signal the other day, but Okay guys. A few more seconds here. There we go. Okay. Here's your promo video. Hello and welcome. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Foundations of Honor. For years, I've traveled around the world. I've been writing and teaching and speaking about honor, and I get lots of questions from people that have learned up to a point about honor, about this teaching, and they kind of hit a wall, or they, they begin to find questions that they just don't really know how to respond to. Well, we are reaching into the vault of Loving on Purpose, and we are bringing out this series. It is the Foundations of Honor, but it's deliberately titled that because it helps you to step into some of the common questions, such as, uh, you know, Honor says that people are supposed to be powerful. Most of the people I say who are powerful seem aggressive and disrespectful and controlling. What is a powerful person? Uh, We talk so much about freedom in a culture of honor, but what do you do with the people who seem unwilling or unable to manage themselves in their freedom and make a bunch of messes? How do we confront? How do we confront successfully? Confrontation seems to lead to broken relationships, power struggles, and a lot of painful disconnections. Does a culture of honor mean that there are no leaders, that this is just some kind of a flat structure, and everybody is equally powerful all the time? How come honor so often turns into entitlement and you owe me something? I'm excited to share with you this resource that 
builds a foundation for you to stand on. This series is my interview with a bunch of my friends who have been applying these practices throughout an organization again and again, and you're gonna to get to hear from them, the experts. It's 10 sessions, it's great for you to learn as an individual, as well as for you to share with other groups. I think Foundations of Honor is gonna be a very helpful tool for you in your journey of learning how to apply a culture of honor in your environment. God bless. All right, guys, it's going to be a really good course for us to go through on Wednesday nights. It won't require, it's not like the prophetic class where that requires a lot of interaction, discussion, and activation, but it's, it's going to definitely give us some really helpful tools that not only will you be able to use in the context of church family, but also in natural family. So with that said, I want to turn David loose. He's got something to share while I work on any technical difficulties. All right. Well, Holy Spirit really put it on my heart to get us started, get us ramped up, and jump-started for worship tonight. So I wanted to start us with that. And because we're just here to worship an amazing God, right, guys? Like, He's really that, that amazing God. He does such amazing things all through the ages, starting with the Israelites and taking them out of Egypt, getting them through the wilderness, getting them to the Promised Land, building up their kingdom, and then, you know, building and having uh, David and Solomon building the temple in Jerusalem. And then even through those times of exile, God was with them every step of the way, all the way up until Jesus came, and then Jesus did the ultimate work. Isn't that awesome? So, like, I just wanted to get us started, guys. So, like, let's start praying in tongues right now. We're diving in head first, seriously. Pray in tongues. Give them some praise. And let's just give him thanks and hallelujah, guys. Really. We thank you, Father, for the good works you're doing. We give you glory, Lord God. We give you glory. We give you all praise and honor, Lord. Lord, we, and we give you shouts of praise. We give you shouts of thanks, Lord God. We give you a roaring applause, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. Lord, you guys, you just think what, what you're hearing in the heavenlies right now. The angels are roaring with applause. There are stadiums of angels in heaven right now. And I've been hearing it all afternoon. And I've been hearing it. There's stadiums of the, um, the, the cloud of witnesses. Lord, we just give you praise. Don't stop, guys. Lift up your praises. Give, it, give it everything you have to him. If you haven't figured it out yet, I love celebrating. I love celebrating the good things because it's not done yet. He's still doing even greater works. And Jesus said we will do even greater works. Thank you, Lord, that we get to join you in your greater works, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you join with us, Lord God. You want to be with us. You want to dwell with us. And we love you when we come to you, Lord God, and we pour out all of our hearts to you, Lord God. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. If that, if that was not enough, we're going to get a declaration going here. So we're going to make it. So why don't you guys stand up? Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's declare this together. I'll just stand back here next to Tammy. I'll look at the screen with you guys. All right, here we go.
I'm getting a little bit of tinniness going again here, so sorry, gang. All right, here we go. Let's declare this together. As Legacy City Church, we say, Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your cross has the final word. You took away my sin and shame. You have covered me in your holiness. You gave me a new heart and a new life. I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You make all things new. My life is now secure and hidden in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for reconciling me to the Father. You placed within me the spirit of sonship. I have been born again into a family. I am no longer an orphan or a slave. You will never leave me or abandon me. I will never be alone. I am a temple, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill me until I overflow. Thank you, Lord. Father God, thank you for your kindness. You are good and your love endures forever. You are perfect in all your ways. You are my protector and provider. You surround me with favor and support. I don't have to earn your love. You loved me even before I came to know you. You have chosen me and I am destined to fulfill your purpose for my life. And one more. You have called me to be your representative. I am an ambassador of your kingdom. You have made me to be a priest and king. You have called me into your ministry. My first ministry is to worship you. I surrender all that I am to you as worship. My praise will silence every opposing voice. Change me into your likeness as I behold you. I long to encounter you now as I worship you. Spirit of God, come and have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just offer ourselves tonight as worship unto you. Lord, let our worship and praise tonight build a throne for you to come and inhabit, to rest upon. Oh, Lord, we just love you. Just let's lift our voices once again. David really had us going, and I'm not getting you quite there, but come on, you guys. Come on. Lead yourself. We lead ourselves into your presence tonight, Lord. We honor you. We worship you. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, you are so worthy. We know we are not, but you make us righteous because of Christ. And all you ask is that we believe. I believe. I believe, Lord. I believe. God, all the works that there are to do, the people, that you want to save the people that you want to heal all of that you'll do through us who are unworthy but we believe we yield to you we thank you for the righteousness of christ god let us go into this uh time of transition this time of teaching um we are open we are open to you next I don't mean to close it out, but <laughs> when we go this week, we believe. We believe for the mighty works that you will do because of your righteousness in us.
thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your spirit in us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that qualifies us to be co-heirs, co-inheritors with you, Jesus. place tonight God we just say we love you and we are all yours we are all yours as the Lord graces tonight.
there's really no, no hurry, even though I know a couple of you have to go early tonight. So we're just going to believe that God has everything that you need ready to deposit, even now. I just, I want us to start out and just encourage uh, Vani. This is for both you and, and Rob. I just, Vani, you are such a powerful woman of God. You carry such a deep, rich history with the Lord. And we just want to call, call up to the surface uh, just any any layers of time, any time, time is, is linear, but the, the kingdom, the realm of heaven is not. From age to age, from beginning to end, his grace and his gifting is, is on your life. And so we just we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the, the gifts and the call in Vani. Lord, we bless it. We just release life on We just say more, God. We, we fan. Why don't you stand up? Can you just stand up? Yeah, just stand up. Rob, you could stand up with her because, you know, the two of you are now married, so the two of you are one. So I just want to release grace. I just... We just bless this couple, Lord. This powerful couple in your kingdom. Filled with your spirit. Filled with your history through the valley, through the mountains, through the highs and the lows, never giving up, even if it's hanging on by a pinky fingernail. It's, <laughs> and it's your faithfulness, Jesus, that, that is in their DNA. It's your faithfulness faithful and true. You are the one who is faithful and true, and you shine your faithfulness and your truth brightly through Vani and Rob. Yeah, we just bless them tonight. If anybody from up there has got a word for them, just go ahead and release it now. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. So I'm seeing you guys are battle ready. You're not battle worn. You've been on a long road, but the experiences you have don't uh, don't come into agreement that it's been hard and you're tired and you've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. You have been through a lot. But those experiences are for your equipping. And there's a purpose for that. And the Lord will renew. He is renewing your strength. So the road in front of you, you are prepared for. The Lord is refreshing you. He is strengthening you for this road that you're on. You're not done yet. You're not too tired. You guys are just starting a new season. You guys are newlyweds. So the Lord is renewing your spirit. He's renewing your body. He's renewing your mind. So step into that. Vani, I just remember uh, years ago when, you know, when you were with us the first time and how every Sunday you were coming up and giving a testimony and sharing what we could take away from that. 
And it was so encouraging. I was actually, before you went down to Reading, I was telling Scott, we need to have her sit and we need to record her seriously and post it on Facebook every week because there was something so powerful that you were giving every week. And so I just want to call that back out of you again, that you have so much to give. So we just, we just say, Father, just bring that to the surface again, God. God, bring that encouragement and wisdom back to the surface again, Father. God, we just thank you so much for this couple. God, we thank you that you've brought them back, Father. We just thank you. We're so overjoyed, and we know you're overjoyed, Father, with, with their marriage and with just them individually. God, I know that they bless you, God, and so we just ask, God, that you bless them. Bless their marriage. Bless them individually and as a couple, Father. Give them the desires of their heart, Father. Um, I actually have a lot. This, like, never happened, but... Go for it. Um, so I'm going to tag on to that, because one of the things I was hearing during worship was um, I kept getting the word scribe. Scribe, training manual, book, transcript, program. So I don't know if anybody here needs to write a book or needs to just start document their experiences, what the Lord is sharing with them. I don't know if there's a training manual that somebody here or somebody later listening needs to write for work. If there's a program, a code, that somebody is working on for work. I know we have some programmers. Um, but the Lord, who, so whoever this is for, the Lord wants them to ask him for the words, for the book, the instruction and the code, and he will instruct you what to write and record. So right now, I just want to release that, that there is, we have the ability to partner with the Lord and share our testimony and share our instructions, even at work. Like just, you know, a boring training manual at a shipyard. The Lord will give you the best one to write. That's the most efficient. You know, so it doesn't have to be even a spiritual. But everything we do is spiritual. That's right. Um, so, Amy, I have a word for you. Uh-oh. This was when we were praying even uh, pre-service prayer. You guys should all come. So, Amy, the Lord says that he's sharpening your sword. Your sword is being sharpened. And you're going to speak with greater authority and precision. And you will begin to see the change and manifestation where previous seasons your words may have seemed to have fallen. Okay? So like with your family, with your kids, with your parents. The Lord is giving you that precision to speak into that. So keep digging into his word because you're sharpening your sword. And then that's also, I think, a corporate word for us is the Lord wants us to dive into his word for this season. We're in dark times. We're in contradiction times. Um, But our swords are for this season. The word of the Lord is for this season. And the Lord has given you a word for your season. He's given you a word for your neighbor's season, for your job season, right? And the word of the Lord is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it separates 
the soul from the spirit, the flesh and the bone. So it can separate the darkness that we see, the noise that we hear from the kingdom of darkness. And you can hear the word of the Lord, what he is saying in the situation. That's what he wants you to tap into. And you can speak to that thing more precisely and you can cut through the darkness with his sword. So in this season, but in every season, but in this season, we need to dive into his word and that's going to be sharper than any two-edged sword. You guys just wait. The Lord, really, can I say this? He wants to weaponize us. Yeah. Hello. Speak it. Um, so you guys, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You are the kingdom. The kingdom is in you. Wherever you go, no matter who gets elected, no matter what crummy stuff is going on at work, no matter what the gas pump says, I don't care what the shortages are going on. You're the kingdom. The provision is in you. You have the resources and the answer already. We're saved, you guys. We're seated in heavenly thrones. We have access to the throne room. You know, the roads in heaven are paved of gold. If anyone can print a dollar, I mean, maybe it's us, you guys. I'm just saying. You know, there's a gold coin in the fish's mouth to pay the taxes. Jesus gave his disciples the ability to pay their bills, to pay their taxes, and to multiply and feed the community. So we need to get out of our box of what we think is going on. And I, like we feel the pain, it's real. But this is more real. What's happening in heaven is more real. What's happening, the kingdom of heaven here is more real. So I just wanna encourage everybody because we got a lot of contradictions going on. And you know, the word of the Lord does not return void. So whatever the rhema word is for your life, go in and stir that stuff, stir it up. Stir it up. Repeat. Put it on repeat. What has God said about your life? What's your future? That's the word you need to tap into. And then what does the word of God say? That's what you need to tap into. Wash yourself. Renew your mind. Unplug from the grime that's going on. Because, I mean, we're born for right now. we got a long season ahead of us. But we were born for these days, you guys. You were born for 2022. You were born for the... The, the man in the White House right now, we're ordained for this time. You know, God put us here for that. That seems like a contradiction, but we are actually equipped for that. We got the resources, we got the weapons, we've got the word, and we have an angelic army to partner with. So you guys, don't worry about it. Just come together, come to church, get encouraged, you know, get in the word, and um, speak the word out loud to yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the lord right so when you speak it out loud you're actually partnering with the word of the lord and speaking it to your spirit and calling your spirit mom your spirit man up and out so it brings your flesh and your soul into submission to your spirit yeah and you can unlock so many great mysteries for that so um yeah if we will sharpen our swords we will actually pierce through the darkness that we see right now with the economy with the elections you guys we have i don't know about you i don't plan on getting raptured or dying anytime soon so i don't know i've got like a lot of years left so i guess i got a lot of elections to go through and participate in and i'm not going to worry about it god's got a better word and he's got some really good words out there yeah so i have a word for barbara 
Uh, I heard splish splash, Barbara. Splish, splash. Splash. Not like the song though. I mean, the Lord is taking you deeper. He's taking you like you thought you were in the deep end, but He's taking you deeper. And so um, He also said to stay in the Word, like you're doing. Really anchor yourself in the Word, because where you're getting ready to go in the Spirit, you haven't been before. And it's going to look and sound and feel even weirder, stranger, different than it has. I know you already see a lot of awesome things. But the Word is going to help anchor you because of where He's taking you into that next realm, that next dimension. So get ready. It's going to be wild. And then last one, Nora. The Lord wants to release a new spirit of dance that hasn't been unlocked yet. I think we prayed for it, but the Lord wants, if you want to, um, partner with him. Spend some time in worship with the Lord, just you and the Lord. And he's going to release a new dance for you. He's going to strengthen your body, so you don't have to worry about that. I don't know if you're worried about that or your health or or any of that stuff, but he's going to strengthen you for that, what he's calling you to. And he's going to release a new dance for you. And it's actually going to be an anointing and authority that you carry your dance and your worship. It will displace the darkness. It will change the atmosphere, okay? Even if it's just you and the Lord and nobody else sees it, you're moving mountains when you engage in that. So that's what I got. I've got a few words, but they're all complimentary to what said. So you're going to hear a few repeats, but it's going to sound a little different. And the first one is, you know, with that, that word you gave about writing books, whoever's supposed to be writing something, uh, that can sometimes be a little daunting because you don't know where to start or where to begin or what to put in it. And, you know, Noah didn't have the plans to build the ark. God had the plans. God gave, God architected that ark and gave those plans to Noah. And all Noah had to do was listen and follow through. Same thing with the tabernacle. God gave Moses the plans to build the tabernacle to its exact dimensions. And again with the temple. Solomon didn't, Solomon didn't even get the resources for that temple by himself. Neither did he have the plans the Holy Spirit breathed those exact plans to David and he handed those plans to his son. And David had also given him a large majority of those resources to build that temple. So God has the plan for whatever book it is that you're going to write or whatever you're about to create. God has already architected it. And I speak this for myself too. There are things that I don't even know how to do. I know, but God has called me to do. So, I have some architected plans I need to ask him about. The next one is, um, provision. In the world right now, we're seeing a lot of lack. We're seeing a lot of cutthroat economics. In the kingdom, there is no lack. He leads us to green pastures. 
Same thing with the plans. All we got to do is listen and obey. He's going to take us to those green pastures, and in him there is no lack. And I've been kind of mulling this over this week, and I don't know how biblical this is. Maybe it's extra biblical. But we're the body of Christ, right? We're becoming more like Christ. And when we give our like tithes and offerings, we're giving we're giving our tithes and offerings to him. And it's that, you know, giving it to Melchizedek, which is kind of weird because when you think about it, we're becoming more like him. We have direct access to the treasuries of heaven. I don't know where I'm kind of going with this, but it's it's kind of like looping back around where it's like, I'm giving into a treasury that I already have access to. And it's kind of blowing my mind right now because I've really been thinking about, I really do not need to be concerned about where it's gonna come from. Because God has got the provision. God is about multiplication. He, he multiplied food in the desert with the Israelites. He multiplied food out of his compassion, his love and compassion for the people when Jesus walked the earth. He multiplied food. He multiplied, he multiplied, he multiplied. That multiplication is available for you. And as kings and priests on the earth, as, rep, as ambassadors of the kingdom, who have direct access to the Father, when we're aligned in his will, we can ask. We can ask. Lord, I need provision for this. Lord, I need, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I need provision for this so that I can do what you've asked me to do so that I can go and take your kingdom to the nations. And the last one was on strength. And this, this follows up with what Carr said about YouTube, but this is also for everybody. Going back to Caleb, Caleb wasn't just a one-time a one story where he came back, you know, he spied out the land came back and he gave a good word but not all the spies gave a good word Caleb Caleb went on he he lasted through that next I'll just read it out this is from Joshua 14 10 through 12 imagine imagine for a second you had a chance to get into the promised land and nobody else wanted to go your heart was in it. You knew what God wanted. You knew exactly what to do, where to go. You said, those giants are my food. You said, that, that land that God had, had provisioned for us, your individual promised lands that God has for you, you gave the good report, but maybe part of you was, was holding back. But Caleb still, still held on to that word. He carried that word. And for 45 years... He said, Behold, the Lord has kept me alive. For 45 years since that time, the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel, Israel walked in wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in that day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. You still have strength. You still have physical strength and 
if you're you're feeling any sense of lack of strength in any way shape or form prophesy to your body prophesy let's prophesy right now we have strength in the lord the lord is our strength the joy of our of the lord is our strength he is our strength i had this experience at hapn guys i was laid out on the floor i could not physically get up and that was a good reminder of i am not standing on my own strength even right now i'm not standing on my own strength this weird thing that we think that when we get up and stand up it's because we made ourselves get up we're not even held together with our atoms without the word of the lord it is by his strength so if you're feeling any lack of strength you you prophesy i will worship the lord with all my strength and you you tell you tell your body i am gonna because i'm serious maybe you some of you want to dance maybe some of you want to want to you know bow to the lord maybe some of you want to do something extra for the lord there is that strength and the world should look on this church and see that there's something going on here because everyone in this this body is physically strong and not only are we physically strong but we are spiritually strong and there's nothing in that world out there spiritual strength is a fruit of the spirit so our, we're physically strong and spiritually strong You guys, I think we should just tap into that. Yes. You guys know the first breath you ever breathed was from the Creator? It wasn't oxygen. Oxygen doesn't, I mean, it helps keep us alive, but that breath in your lungs is from the Creator of everything. Right? So let's just come into agreement with that. Say the joy, the, repeat after me, the joy, the joy of, the Lord of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. I have long life. I have, long life. I have many, days, many days, many years, many years ahead, of me. ahead of me. Let's just give a roar, you guys. Come on, kiddos. Come on, thank you, Lord. We have joy. We have joy. We have strength. You guys, we have life. We have the answers. You guys, we have the plans for every problem. Every problem. Scott and Tammy, you have the plans. Don't despair. Be encouraged. Tell yourself, you have the resources. Dale, you have the resources for your family, for yourself, for your job. You have the plans. Each one of us has the plans because we have the greatest planner who wrote every book, wrote the science, hung the stars, created the math, and gave us the brains. We listen to him. We can come into alignment with that and solve any problem. There is no problem. Not only is there no lack, there's no problem that God can't solve. We don't have to give in to our, I mean, we feel it. 
We feel it, but we don't have to give in to our tiredness, our weariness, what's going on around us. You guys are like, I'm not kidding. I'm so encouraged about the elections, actually. I think I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I got the data. There's some problems out there, but that's good because then I know what the problems are. I know how to pray. And that means that I might be put into a position where I can help solve those problems. This is a church that has the solutions because we talk to the provider of everything. You might be talking to a CEO, to a CFO, or any other C-suite. You might be talking to a creator of a business. You never know who you're talking to. Maybe you're the created business that the Lord has. Maybe you're the solution. We gotta start thinking like that. There's a lot of problems. We have the resources, we have the solutions. And when God has called you to be a solution, he's gonna provide for that. He's got the resources. We don't know how to build an ark or build a temple or do any of this stuff, okay? We don't need to know. We know the one who does. That's what we tap into. I really like, I'm really excited because Washington State, you guys, I'm telling you, this is not over. This isn't, I mean, I'm not over. I'm not done with it, okay? I'm not afraid. Are you guys afraid? Are the gates of hell prevailing in your hearts? No. no. You guys say no. No. No, because no. No. No, we serve a greater God, and he is, yes, he's on the throne, but he puts men and women in charge on this earth, and he put us here. We have the solutions, you guys. We are the solution. It's true. So I want you guys to be encouraged, okay? We got some, we got some fun times ahead. We're going to... We have to work for it. We have to war for it. That's why we got to sharpen our swords, you guys, because this is not over. You cannot participate, and this thing can drag on longer. But if we do what we're supposed to do, whatever we're called to, it's different for everyone. We have swords. We have food. We have a banqueting table. You know, was it on Wednesday or last Sunday when you saw the, um, it was like a war chest. Yes and the feasting table, like everything, every provision we needed, every equipment, personnel, all hands on deck. There is no lack of resources, you guys. I mean, it's really amazing. So be encouraged, you guys. I hope you get encouraged and encourage yourself. David had to tell his soul soul all the time to be encouraged. You know, don't listen to the doubter in your head. Tell it to get out, get out. We, you guys, we got good days ahead because we're still living and breathing. It's really going to be good. It's going to be really good, you guys. Amen. And we receive it. Do you receive it? Yes. Yes. you got to say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Awesome. You sure you don't want to keep preaching? <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, we'll set you guys loose next week for more, for more. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's just, I just want to reiterate something Carl was saying, you know, the, the grit is real. You feel it because you, you have to walk through it. We, we are still human beings that are walking through an ex, a spiritual experience and a, and a physical experience. And we have to choose to partner, like Paul said in Philippians, Philippians, Colossians, I think, chapter three, Colossians three, the first paragraph, it says, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
set your hearts on things above. So he talks about your heart and your mind. So you can't take your body out of the world and go up into heaven. I mean, maybe you can, but I think that would, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go there, but, but I know that my heart and my mind can go there. So that's the, the battle, the tug of war that we're all going back and forth into is shoring ourselves up, strengthening ourselves in the Lord and, and holding on to the higher perspective. We've got to remind ourselves. The, Paul said it throughout the New Testament. The, the Word of God tells us we have to remind ourselves. All through the Psalms, you know, we, we remind ourselves of the works of the Lord. We remind ourselves that He is good. We declare, we speak out, we, we declare that He is good. The Lord is good and His love endures forever. It's not like He needs to hear it. He knows. He's secure in Himself. We need to hear it. We need to remind ourselves. So I, I feel like I got a little bit of stuff that we're going to just kind of walk through. It's going to be really easy, and then we're going to take communion together. And it just, you know... Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about the vision and values of the house and kind of went through a list of about 12 or 13 um, things, facets of, we would call it our DNA, our, you know, our revivalist culture DNA that we carry, that we, Tammy and I carry, and we, most of you already carry different levels of the same stuff, but it's what we feel like God has emphasized for us as a house for our strategic purpose in this place, in this region, in this city. And so my plan was once a month to take at least one of those values and just just kind of walk us through. And I feel like as much as I was like, God, should we go with it or should we just sideline it and hand off the microphone to David and Kara because you guys got some good stuff. And I could easily do it and you guys would, would take us right up to the communion time. But I feel like um, what you are sharing and what, what God wants to emphasize in this sense of us being family, the church being a family, and then coming together with communion to, to finish this evening off, it's actually going to come together in a real beautiful way. Um, the, the Lord, our, our Father, our God, he, He's a family God. He's a family God. And, you know, so much of the church world lives in this relationship that it's kind of like, I don't know, I've heard it all, a bless me club, a, like a Christian country club. We come together and get happy clappy, and then we go live our lives like everybody else in the world. You know, it used to be said that there's this thin veneer of Christianity over our nation, and it's a mile wide and an inch deep. And when you poke down through that inch deep layer, there's nothing different than the rest of the, the country. There's nothing different than the rest of the world. And, you know, we are a kingdom people. We want the kingdom of God to go deep. We, we want to, and it starts with knowing who we are. It starts with knowing who God says you are and who he is to you. Like, am I a sinner just saved by grace and I've got salvation and I'm going to go to heaven when I die so I can put that bumper sticker on my car that says, um, not perfect, just forgiven, which is basically an excuse to drive like crap and, you know, people can honk at you and give you the, the one-way sign as they go past you and you're like, ah, oh, you must be a Christian too. <laughs> you know, Jesus loves me, but everyone else thinks I'm a jerk. <laughs> or, or is there something different that God says about us? Is that, are we just a sinner saved by grace? You know, what you believe about yourself 
will, that's what you will become. You know, you, you will become like that which you believe you are. And so we have to know, just like with what David and Carl were sharing, we have to know what God says about us. What does he have to say about our circumstances in our nation, in our state, in our election system, our finances, our economy, all of that stuff. But we need to know, I, I, it really is important that we, we begin with who we are. Like, you got to know who you are. And then you have to know how you relate to your people after that. So we've talked about this before, you know. Obviously, if you haven't figured it out when you come here, we are about the presence of God. We love the Spirit of God. We love Jesus. We love our Papa God. We love the triune God. And we want his presence more than anything. I, I'm desperate for more of the Lord. I need Jesus, more of him in my life. I need to go beyond the, the one-inch thick veneer, and I want him to fill my body and my family and my, my experience on earth. I want him to have complete control. I want to be possessed. <laughs> Seriously, I want to be possessed by God. Now, it's okay. It's biblical to say that I am his possession, and we want to be completely inhabited by the Spirit of God. In other words, give him free access, full, total reign to come inside of you and, and have whatever he wants. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything, every compartment inside your head and in your heart and your mind, it's all his anyway, but he's so gracious. He gives it to you like with finances. He, he, has, he already owns it all and he's just asking you to give him access because he doesn't want robots. He doesn't want, I don't know if I can say it right, automatons, is that the way you say it? I'm always afraid I'm gonna start kind of like cinnamon and Okay, so we're a people of his presence. We believe that the church should, look, should resemble family. It shouldn't resemble just a, a, club, a country club where we stare at the back of someone's head for an hour or two hours, once or twice a week, and then we, we just, nothing's changed. There's no connection um, after that. And then this whole thing about honor, which we're going to go into that on Wednesdays, but even if, even if you're not able to get all of that on a Wednesday night, get the book, A Culture of Honor. Uh, Amy said it's, you can get it for free. So if you want the free version or get a copy. If you want a copy, I've got copies in the, in the room over here. You can have one if you can't, you know, if you need one, we'll give it to you. But let's focus on family before I ramble too much or we won't get through. And actually, a lot of what I have is quotes for, from some really powerful people that that have spoken into our DNA, um, and I'm not ashamed. I don't call it plagiarism because I'm not, you know, leaving their names out and saying I came up with this. Ain't I smart? I'm not. Oh, I won't say it. Tammy's like, yeah, don't say it. Okay, I'm gonna say it no, anyway. No, I'm no. a high school dropout. <laughs> I dropped out of high school. You wouldn't know that. Maybe you would. I don't know. So anyway, okay. So here we we showed this picture. Or, well, actually, this is a different picture. And I left out the part by someone somewhere said this, but you know, when you find your people, you'll find your purpose. Your purpose is in your people. So much of our kingdom purpose here on earth relies on us being knitted together with other believers. If you want to know what, what your purpose is, you know, between you and God, you know, many people have asked, like, I, I, I want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What's, what's the passion in your heart? Do you want to be like uh, our daughter Emily, who we had a very clear understanding she wanted to have her own bakery someday. It's changed, the plan's changed. 
Um, we've had architects in the house. We've had real, we have a real estate agent in, in the making. Um, we got, I don't know what that guy's gonna be. He's gonna be building. A building stuff with big machinery. And this girl, she's gonna be a passionate worshiper. I know that much. But anyway, and not to see how well my memory is for every one of my kids' passions and dreams, but what is it that you wanna do? Well, heal the sick, raise, try to raise the dead, raise the dead, mm-hmm. cleanse the leper, you know, do, the, do the works of ministry, and do it as a mailman, a homeschool mom, a shipyard worker, shipyard worker, shipyard worker. It ripples on through the back of the room and over to this side too. Working at the airlines, you know, in, in your apartment complex, the people that you connect with, whatever it is, do the work of ministry because the work of ministry does not mean go to Bible college and become a guy, that stand, a guy or girl that stands behind a pulpit, and that's ministry. That's, that's a very small fraction of a percentage of Christians that actually get paid. And we don't even get paid to do this. We, like Paul, I offer the gospel free of charge. <laughs> all, the, all, of the, all of the offerings go to supply this facility and what we do. We don't take a, a cut. So, family. Let's talk about family. Here's some fun, powerful quotes. Heaven's government is family. The government of heaven is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. So perfect in their loyalty to each other, so perfect in their honor for each other, so perfect in their understanding of the purpose of each other, and so secure in the identity each one of them has, of each one, that you can glance at the three and think you only saw one. They are three and one and one and three. They are relationship defined in absolute perfection. If you wanna know how to do relationships right on earth, we have to go to where relationships for us began. We look at God, we look at the triune God, we look at how they relate together. There's no competition but there's uniqueness in each one of the Godhead. It's not gonna become a preach. I just thought it was a really good quote about God's government, the way God rules, the way God extends his kingdom is through relationship, through his, his, governing, relation, his governing system, which we would call family. You're not sure yet? Okay, here we go, let's look at another one. The Trinity is a family and their expression of family is meant to be to us a picture of how to live in relationship on earth. Above anything else, above miracles, signs, and wonders, above all that we think and feel, there is love. There is love. And that is meant to be experienced in the context of relationship. So lay aside all of the do this, do that, all of the work. When we go and put all of our work down, we we stop working and we rest, our, what remains is our connection to God in relationship and our connection to one another in that same spirit of relationship, which is love. It's meant to be experienced in the context of relationship. We look to the Trinity to better understand our relationship with God. Did I skip a line? We look to the Trinity to better understand our relationship with God. There we go. And it is through our relationship with God that we better understand our relationship with those around us. Does this make any sense to you guys? Okay. 
I, I, was, I was hoping to keep it really concise and simple and not feel like we need to go deep, deep, deep into a theological discussion because it's really simple. It's really simple. Okay, I'm just going to keep flowing here. Family is important. We are all meant to be a part of a family, both here and in heaven. God's highest purpose for the cross, this might challenge your theology for a minute, maybe just a quick minute, but the highest purpose for the cross was not merely to forgive your sins. The purpose of the cross was not just to take away your sin debt. It was so that by forgiving us on the basis of Christ's blood, he could invite us back into an intimate relationship. Excuse me, I stopped looking at the notes. Invite us back into an intimate family relationship with him, our Heavenly Father. Right there, guys, you got to know that when God saved you, when he called you, he, he wooed you to himself. It's not because he, he knew how filthy, rotten, dirty you were and he had the solution to make you clean so he could get you to heaven one day. He had a plan and an intention to give you a new nature and a new identity. He wanted to give you the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, and bring you into relationship through Jesus to the Father. Hebrews chapter 2 says, Jesus is not ashamed to call you and me brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed to say, you're my sister, you're my brother. He, he paid the price to be able to purchase us and not just purchase us and, and redeem us, but to fill us with a new nature, fill us with that same Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption. And he wanted to bring us to the Father. It's not all about just, you know, Jesus is like this container. It's, it is all about Jesus. You don't go to the Father except through Jesus. Nobody can come to the Father except through him. But Jesus didn't want to just capture us and keep us all for himself. See, this shows us the relationship of the triune God. He wanted to bring us as his great reward to the Father and say, here am I with all of the children, with all of my, with all of my brothers and sisters. So God, in Jesus, rescued us, gave us God the Holy Spirit to fill us and give us the spirit of sonship that we might come to God the Father as the sons and daughters of God. We have a good, good Father, and He has all of the provision, as we've talked about tonight. He has everything we need. And when we are secure in knowing who we are in God, in Christ, it changes the game. But we have to remind ourselves. We have to be renewed. We have to be transformed in the way we think about ourselves and our circumstances. And it starts with knowing who you are. At least that's my opinion. But I think I'm right. But most people who have an opinion think they're right, right? Okay. So, did I, did I finish that? Yes. Okay. So John 1.12 says, But to as many as received him, speaking of receiving Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, to as many as received him, to, those, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name. Now, I, that's a different version. I memorized it a little bit different. To many, as many has believed in him and who received him, as to, to as many as received him and who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, of earthly parents, but born of God. 
And I love that word, and I didn't really put it in there as a highlighted emphasis, but that word, he gave the right. What do you think of when you read that? It's like, well, it's kind of, he gave you permission, he gave you the right. Well, that, that word in the Greek is, most of you guys have heard this already, so sorry for the repeat, but it's, it's the Greek word exousia, E-X-O-U-I-S-A, exousia. I spelled that wrong probably in my error drawing, but and, and that word, exousia, means royal or, or regal authority. He gave you royal or regal authority to become a son or daughter of God. So in other words, you're not just an adopted red-headed stepchild. Is anyone red hair in here? Sorry, if, I don't want to offend anybody. But <laughs> you're, not, you're not just tolerated in Christ when you are redeemed into the family of God. You actually get the royal signet ring placed on your finger. Your life is in Christ and you are now a co-heir with Jesus. You are royalty. That should shift things in an even greater way. Not only am I a son or you're a daughter of God, but you are a royal son or daughter. One of our previous friends would open up our meetings back in the day. Ivani would remember this. You guys would remember this. He would say, good morning, kings and priests. Good morning. So good evening, kings and priests. You are a royal priesthood. Okay, so let's keep moving here because it's already moving into the time when I like to be wrapping up. And we're really close. This is... Uh, okay, thank you guys. Thank you for your patience and kindness. The legal standing of relationship to God as his sons and daughters is precisely what gives us an inheritance. Sons, slaves, slaves, well, okay, hired workers, we'll use modern day, there are slaves in the world today, but, but the context here would be people that work and that are not blood related, okay? You don't get an inheritance. If I, if I had enough money and I could pay for a maid to come in and do the stuff that Tammy hates doing, Laundry, dishes, dusting, all that fun Bathroom. stuff. Bathroom. Yeah, I still get to do that job. Um, that person does not get to inherit my inheritance. Okay, they're a hired worker. You aren't just working for Jesus. You're not just serving him because you're his servant, but you're not, you know, valued by him in any greater way. He values you as a royal son or daughter. And you are a co-inheritor with Jesus. So let that just blow your brain up. So Romans 8, 14 through 17 explains it this way. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba is a deep, tender, intimate word used by little children when they come to their daddy. I want to encourage you, practice talking to God and call him Papa, call him Daddy, Abba, whatever the word is. Go beyond my most excellent Holy Father. You know, that's okay. That is, I'm not going to you know, shoot that down. That's between you and God. You might need to come to him with reverence and fear. But there comes a place where he wants to have you draw close to him in intimacy. Because he is the one who knits you together in your mother's womb. He, as was said tonight, he is the one who breathed the first breath of life 
into your little baby body. He is the one who was guiding that doctor's hands out of your mother into this world. And it's him who holds you together by the power of his word. It is in him that we live and we move and we have our being. Did we finish that? So yeah, Abba Father. Try it. Try it. Just call him Daddy. 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 <laughs> when you raise your hands in worship next time, just be, Papa, pick me up. Pick me up. Pull me up into your throne room. I want to be close to you. I want to be, I want to be in your presence. I want to be on your lap. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. It's a powerful passage there. Bill has a little expounding that he has for that. The fact that we are heirs of God is mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. And I don't think we've even begun to tap into what that means. But we must not be content to just read these verses and be awed by them. They prophesy our potential. Let the word of God prophesy your potential to grow into, to becoming, from going from infancy to toddlerhood to, what's that, tween to high school, whatever, however you want to look at it, coming into maturity. Because the mature sons and daughters of God, they, they know, they, they know the, the estate. They know what their inheritance is. They know how to conduct themselves. They prophesy our potential, a potential that we must pursue throughout our entire lives. So I know that we're, we're talking about family, but, but this has to start. It's not just that your church becomes your family, but you're not connected to God as your father. I think that's how you form a cult. That's what it sounds like to me. Jim Jones, yeah, they weren't getting connected to God the Father. They were getting connected to their earthly leader, the leader. But, but this lays the foundation for us. If You've got to have the vertical biblically accurate so that it changes how you see yourself and think and walk. And then our earthly connections will be greatly affected in a good way. So John 1.12 says we have the right to become the exousia, to become the children of God. When God invites us into a relationship with him, he is inviting us into a process of becoming, a process of becoming, of transformation. So you guys know the scriptures. It says we go from glory to glory to glory. That transformation comes from the spirit of the Lord. It comes from the Lord who is the spirit of God, and he transforms us as we behold him. So as we fix our, our eyes on, on heaven, on the vertical relationship, on God our Father, on King Jesus, our brother, and Holy Spirit, our everything, then we get to be chanced. Uh, we get to be changed, transformed. I was going to create a new word there, transformed. We get to be changed. We'll become like Jesus. And that's God's ultimate goal. He just wants to reproduce his son in and through us. That's why we are Christians. We are little Christs, little anointed. We shouldn't say little. We're anointed ones like Jesus. We're not equal to Jesus, but we are co-heirs with him. Maybe at some level he has chosen to make us equal, but the difference, I would say, the main difference is he is God eternal. We are created beings. 
yet he took the created beings and he gave us his, his royal DNA, the DNA of heaven. So, okay, let's go. Let's go, Scott. Let's go, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, I won't get you all chanting things that they chant at football games. I think that's kind of, that thing has ceased, actually. They used to chant that all the time. I've been watching football with my dad. Tammy and I have been upstairs watching some football, and I have not heard them chant that. I don't know. Anyway, so family is a bigger idea. So here's where it comes down to you and how you see family. Because just like God is your Papa God, your Father God, sometimes people have father wounds, and this is where they get stuck. They're like, uh, Jesus, I'm okay with, but that Father God thing, he's scary. He might beat me like my earthly father. My earthly father did not beat me, by the way. Just to clarify, he's in the room. I wouldn't tell on him. <laughs> he probably should have, but anyway. Okay, so family is a bigger idea than most of us have been raised to believe. Family is important. It's really important to God. Perhaps we have taken it for granted, or because of so many broken family lines, we have not fully embraced God's picture of family. Sometimes out of self-preservation, we reduce family, excuse me, we reduce our value for families, especially when we observe the inadequacy of our own. We think we can somehow protect ourselves from pain from the pain of knowing that we have less of something which is of such high value to God. Family is God's big idea. It's his dream. It's his view of what is beautiful. Why else do you think the enemy in our world, and especially in our nation, is so bent on destroying the nuclear family? I don't mean nuclear like in weapons, but the family the family unit. The government likes to, wants to become the dad of the house. Have children out of wedlock. You don't need a husband. You don't need commitment. Government will take care of you. We will raise your children for you. We will take them. We will mold their thinking. That's not God. That is not his plan. God loves your families. Even if your family had malfunctions, and I could look at one, but I could look at myself in the mirror. I've had my own personal malfunction. My family growing up wasn't perfect. Neither was Tammy's, neither was yours. Neither was my dad's, neither was my mother-in-law's, neither was Cheryl's. I can I go around the room. None of us have had a perfect family. Okay, so we'll just, we'll just get that out of the way. We all have had things. And even when parents do their best, there might be something that you perceived that happened that was actually not real, that was not their intent. Like you might think you were left out when maybe they were planning your surprise birthday party and they didn't want you to know. But in your little child heart, you were like, they don't want me a part of what they're doing. You know, just, you, you can make all kinds of scenarios. So we all go through life with wounds. We experience traumas of various levels. But God, his big picture is family. Family is what is in heaven. Family is between the, the Trinity. And family is what he wants from, from heaven to come into earth. Your kingdom come here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to look to, to the Father and look to the Son and the Holy Spirit and work out our relationships here on earth. Okay, one more. And then we're going to take communion. Hopefully I finished reading all that, but if I didn't, 
Oh, well, get a bonus for you guys, I guess. <laughs> Start to look for your reason to be as it relates to this greatest assignment of all, to create a family on earth, a family that mirrors heaven's family. The reason for nearly every deficit in our souls, okay, so this is an inventory time. The reason for nearly every deficit in our souls, I guess your soul is here, it can be found in the deficits that exist in our earthly relationships. Father wounds, as they're often called, or the wounds of a mother or even a friend. Why don't we stand up? We're going to take communion together. It wasn't really a big heavy revy. Most of the stuff of the kingdom, it's, it's not super huge theological hurdles that we have to come to grips with. It's so simple. We, we have become sons and daughters in God's house. And God just wants us to take his way, which are his ways are higher than our ways. And he wants us to embrace his ways so that they would become our ways, how we mirror, how we replicate, how we represent our Father God, our King Jesus, Holy Spirit, how we represent God here on earth in the context of our natural relationships with one another. See, if one of my brothers or sisters in this house does something that offends me or makes me kind of look at them sideways or whatever. Well, if that was one of my kids in my own house, I wouldn't say, God, would you like kick them out? <laughs> would you remove them? That's pretty scary. No. We, we, take our, we take our spouses, we take our, she can say it for herself towards me. I, I don't have any problem with this lady, but maybe she's got some issues. I don't know, with me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, she married me with all my warts and whatever. Okay, you know, they, they use that as a, anyway, okay, okay. We don't just abandon our parents, our spouses, our, our children, our siblings because we have a disagreement. You can, you can choose to do that, but that's not God's way. God's way is that we, we work through, we work through the differences and we value one another. We honor one another the way he honored us. So let's pray. Then you guys can come get your choice of wine or grape juice and take it to your seat and we'll take it together. So let's go ahead. Oh, I'm going to pray. So yes, I'm, I'm getting like, so like not anxious, but I just, I'm feeling the pressure of time. So thank you, Jesus, for everything that you did on the cross for us. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for what you opened up for us through your broken body on the cross. We thank you that you've given us life. You've given us forgiveness. You've given us a new heart, a new spirit. You've given us a new identity. You've brought us into your family. We're no longer orphans. We're no longer slaves your sons and daughters and we are here to honor you to glorify and honor that name the only name that could ever have saved us you are that one Jesus 
you are the only one and you will always be our only one. We love you, Lord, and as we, as we prepare to, to take part in remembering your broken body and your poured out blood, God, we want this just to be a time where, where you are blessed, where you are glorified, and where we receive an even greater impartation of who you are to us. In Jesus' name. All right, guys, go ahead and come on up. Oh, are we going to hold it out? Oh, we're not. That's. I mean, if we were at my house and we served ourselves first. I'm kidding. Okay, Tammy and I are going to grab our goods and then get out of the way. That's right. Tammy's going to take it with you guys. I'll stay up here. We are a machine. We're not well polished, but we are a machine. Just keep getting your elements, and I'm going to read a scripture to you guys. See, Paul had to address the issues in the church. They didn't always recognize themselves as the family of God. They often did things that dishonored one another. Sometimes they would start to feast in one section of the gathering while others went hungry. Just silly little differences, but it caused a lot of hurt in the hearts. Sometimes as believers, we can do things that can be a preference, but it can actually wound our fellow brother or sister. But this is what Paul says. Are you trying to show contempt for God's beloved church? The church, the body of Christ is his beloved. You are the beloved of Jesus. That means how much more do I need to remember who you are when I talk to you and how strong maybe my choice of words would be if I was going to speak something to address something. You are the beloved of the Lord. He paid for you. He died for you. So this is what Paul says. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. And then he distributed it to the disciples and said, take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same with the cup of wine. After supper, he said, This cup seals the new covenant in my blood. Drink it, and whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And it's for this reason, guys, because we're pro proclaiming what Jesus did on the cross for us until he returns. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in a wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. 
So in other words, we don't want to do it in an unworthy or irreverent way. We're not just like, huh, cracker and grape juice time. No. We, we are to take these simple tools, these simple elements, a, a matzo cracker and a cup of, well, wine for some of us and grape juice for others. I don't know, it's kind of fun using wine. Make me feel like a Lutheran all over again. We are to take these elements and not to take it lightly, but we are to remember the broken body of our Lord. We are to, we are to see the body of Christ in this. He continues, he says, if you continually eat, excuse me, for continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body, by not recognizing the body. I'm gonna read the footnote for this. You can recognize the body in two ways. You can see, I guess I wasn't gonna read the note, but I might as well just, you can see this in two ways. You can see this as the, the flesh of Jesus that was broken on the cross, or you can also see this, oh, let me get the words right, as Christ's body here on earth. So we wanna recognize Jesus on the cross for us, the power of his, his broken body for us, that saved us, that, that brought about our redemption. But we also wanna recognize the body of Christ, his church, his bride, his beloved. So let's just take a second. I think I have something from the book here. just hold the bread before us. Jesus, you were wounded for my sins, crushed for my wickedness, and punished so that I could live. Life in peace, fully healed and restored to the Father. I take your body, lifting it up in prayer, and lifting up in prayer, people who have betrayed me or caused me pain. Would you pour out your blessing on them and their family? So just in your own way, just release forgiveness to anyone who needs to be forgiven in your life. Anyone he comes to, who brings, who he brings to your remembrance. And just say, I choose to forgive them now in Jesus' name.
hold the cup up. So Jesus, I take your blood, releasing forgiveness and releasing peace over each one of those painful situations in my life. I will choose, like Jesus, to answer pain with love, betrayal with blessing, disappointment with worship. Catholic Church. Why don't you guys stand up. Next week I'll have the kneelers in front of you so you can kneel. Stand up. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for the power of your broken body and your poured out blood. We celebrate, Lord. We celebrate the cross. We celebrate the provision. We celebrate all that you've done to make us your, your sons and daughters. Lord, we commit to this process of growing in our sonship, of growing and becoming more aware of who we are in you and who you are to us, how we represent you in the earth, how we represent you to one another in your church, the body of Christ, your beloved bride. God, we would say we love you and we want to love your bride the same way you love us. So we just say, fill our hearts with love and give us grace, the same grace we would ask for ourselves. Give us that grace to release upon each other. In Jesus' name. All right. All right, guys, we're officially done, but you know what that means. Linger as long as you want. And if you want some prayer for healing, go ahead and come up front. Um, if you want to just chat, hold off for just a minute in case someone needs prayer. And then if no one's getting prayer, let's come visit. Yeah. Let me turn this off here. Christian's got a word of knowledge, so he's going to go ahead and give that out for healing. Uh, someone's, uh, a muscle in your neck on the right side is going down into your shoulder and up into your head. And then also saw someone's muscle on the left side that's bothering them. So if you want healing and then also your knees and then we're just covering everything. But uh, you don't have to, when you come up and and receive prayer if you want to come or you can take the prayer take the healing where you're at but also a hernia and also a hemorrhoid sorry everything but 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 no pun intended everything but the hemorrhoid i got so 
if you want to come up, go ahead and come up now. But if not, we'll, uh, we'll do it where you're at. All right. Amen. The reason I saw the healings come in and the reason I saw these is that Jesus walked de- through during worship and just revealed some of the tension people are dealing with. And he's come to heal it. By his stripes, we're healed. There's no reason to walk away in pain. There's no reason to walk and look forward to pain or or deal with pain. Jesus is here to heal. He walked through the house. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for our healing, Lord. Right now, we just speak the peace of God. We speak healing. The the, your anointing to flow down from our head all the way down to our toes, Lord. Lord, I speak to these the neck pain, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, I speak to it to be loosened in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, I pray for the weak knees, Lord, that to be strengthened, Lord, where the knees are bothering people, Father. Lord, where people can't go up steps, Lord, that they'd be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, that the, the, the anointing would flow on those knees right now, Lord. That your Holy Spirit, that your, your, healing, your healing balm would flow on those knees, Lord. That you would just a special healing in Jesus' name, Lord. To release that pain, Lord, that suffering in Jesus' name. We don't want it no more. We release it out of here. We take your healing, Lord. Glory, Shanda and Lord, we just pray for a hernia, Lord. I speak to that muscle where it's 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 pushing and bulging and, and wants Lord, we just pray your healing in Jesus' name, Lord. We speak to this body to be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Lord. Glory and the people that are sitting, that stayed in their seats, Lord, for the neck pain, Lord, I release it. We cast that garbage out of here in Jesus' name. Lord, where they can't even sleep at night, Lord, we cast it out in Jesus' name. We receive healing in Jesus' name. Let them get a full night's rest tonight, Lord. Let the peace of God just rest over them, Lord. Where they struggle to get comfortable, Lord, let them rest in you tonight, in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak to that hemorrhoid, that nasty little hemorrhoid. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. Glory, Shanda Jesus' name. Total and complete healing in Jesus' name. If there's anything else that you're dealing with physically or mentally, you can come forward and we'll pray for you too.